Hello, theme park architects, and welcome to Theme Park Sandbox, the place where the only limits are your imagination and where we challenge ourselves to pitch the most ambitious and fantastic theme park attractions that you've never heard of. My name's Drew. My name's Aaron. And by the time you hear this episode, we will be one day away from the kickoff of the 2022 D23 Expo, which is held in Anaheim, California. And for those who don't know, D23 is an event held by Disney every two years to announce the big projects that they're working up in their various businesses. But if you're a theme architect like me and Drew, the one panel that you cannot wait for is happening this Sunday. And that's when Disney lifts the curtains on all the latest and greatest for their parks and resorts. Yeah, so that brings us to today's topic, predictions for Disney's D23 announcements, the new announcements, the details from previous announcements, and what projects will be getting the silent treatment. So I'm excited to get into it. Yes. Uh, so of those three categories, Drew and I have come up with some thoughts for what's going to get announced what will be completely ignored and ghosted and uh, what previous announcements we might shed a little bit more light on. And uh, Drew, I know you've written down some. I've written down some. Uh, I would like to start off with the land that I think that we've all, at least for like Almost the entire history of our podcast, we've kind of like talked about improving. Uh, is there anything in Tomorrowland that you're hoping for, uh, there's, for an announcement? There's a long list, but I will keep it short. Um, I think the People Mover in Anaheim uh, is going to be announced. Now, whether that means it's coming back or whether they're going to pay some like tribute to it, I'm not sure. I mean, what, what are your thoughts? So I, I have a, a few thoughts here. The track is not in great shape. It's not. Um, and that'll and that'll take some doing. And as we've talked about, the way that that thing is intertwined throughout Tomorrowland means that that is going to be a big, big project uh, that includes shutting down major attractions that are affected. And the one that we were talking about earlier off mic uh, is, you know, they're adding this DVC lounge into the Innoventions building. And I don't know. They, they don't seem to have any any desire to shut that down they want to keep that thing generating revenue right yeah i think for people who really really are hoping that the people mover comes back to anaheim i think this is kind of uh probably good news for them i know a lot of folks definitely want that to happen and if you listen to our episode two episodes ago uh that's the episode titled we're back we actually kind of go into the people mover because there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of like people who really wanted to come back so uh yeah like i said i i think this is great news for them is it good news for that building <laughs> not really you know or several buildings I right mean, star tours buzz Lightyear, like all those things they're they're all sort of a space mountain they're all affected yeah, it, it really boils down to, would you rather have a completely new Tomorrowland or would you rather have the people mover? I think that's yeah. kind of the conversation. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we do hear something about the people mover, considering the old Innoventions building, Star Wars Launch Bay building is being utilized in some way. The building that we both thought was was impossible <laughs> to do yes, anything exactly. with. <laughs> they exactly. figured out a way to make money in it. The only thing that leaves me slightly hesitant on it being a D23 announcement, I know that it would get hardcore Disney fans excited, yeah. but I don't think that that mainstream media is going to care about revitalizing 
uh, an old attraction. Right. So I, I just I just wonder if Disney is going to use a keynote opportunity to do that as opposed to some kind of press release. That's that's a good point. I, I just don't know. I want it so hard. I really, really do hope that uh, that it makes a a glorious return. But yeah. we'll see. It gives you really great views of Tomorrowland and just like it's an experience oh, yeah. that that you don't get anywhere else in the park. Uh, and the only way you can do it is to go to Florida where you are and go right that's it right. there. Um, but that's anyway, right. so so that's the first thing that uh, we, we theorize may or may not be announced. But, you know, for you yeah. people mover fans out there, I, I hope it is for your sake. Definitely. Well, and speaking of attractions that will definitely get the hardcore Disney fans excited. Uh, one thing that I've heard rattling around the rumor mill is that our good purple buddy figment of popcorn bucket fame <laughs> that he might be getting, uh, I guess it was what, like the third revamp, but the fourth version, am I doing the math right? Of the journey into imagination attraction. It's, yeah. And hopefully that means the return of, of Dreamfinder? I don't know. Um, I would absolutely love that as well. Yeah, um, let's just put it this way. It's been redone so many times. No one can remember really what the name of it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and, and and it doesn't have like an exact thematic cohesion that leads right. it to be like, oh, well, it's just always been the the blankety blank ride. It's, it's always kind of done its own little unique twist. But the reason that that excites me so much is that it's original ip to disney parks and it's not attached to a film or tv property and i think that we do deserve just a couple of those every now and again totally and with the absolute insanity that rose when those figment popcorn buckets came out like he's he's got legs totally (laughs) totally and he gets the people going I'm kind of surprised, actually, that we didn't mention it in our last episode. If you guys haven't listened to our last episode, we talked about what were to happen in the event that annual passes were to go away. And actually, Figment is a very good example of maybe pass holders and fans keep things longer than they should. You know, you're right. I will say I'm a fan of Figment. Okay, don't don't nobody, you know, blast me in the comments or anything. But I, I love Figment. I love that ride. But I think that's a prime example of there's a huge fan base for a character and that fan base could mean kind of limiting the amount of creativity that Walt Disney Imagineering uh, has when creating or thinking about a new attraction. If not for the fame that uh, that this little purple dragon got, I don't think that they'd be thinking of redoing this thing. They might be thinking about tearing it down and putting something new up. Right. I mean, Imagineering has kind of said like we can do whatever we want but then the people with the money the the disney wallet comes around and says no you gotta keep keep the money printing yeah and in this case money printing means purple dragons and popcorn buckets i suppose (laughs) i do see a world where figment is brought into like there was a rumor a, a couple years ago maybe even only a year ago of his ride his journey into is it journey into your imagination I think that's what journey it's into your imagination starring figment starring with figment or starring figment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they something were, like that. There was a rumor saying that it was going to be replaced by an inside out attraction. And actually I think that is kind of cool. I would, I, I wouldn't mind seeing figment being best friends with bing bong, you know, and kind of doing this crazy attraction full of colors and stuff. Oh yeah. I think that would be really, really cool. And, and I think it would be a great way to, you know, 
please Disney with adding IP to every single attraction, as well as mm-hmm. keeping the Disney fans kind of happy and then adding kind of a new storyboard with Figment. I, I, I would imagine it'd be kind of cool to maybe do some Disney plus shorts where Figment and uh, and Bing Bong kind of run into each other in someone's imagination yeah, I- and go on some adventures. Right. Like that'd be super cool. I think it would also heal us emotionally to see more Bing Bong on screen. That's uh, true. So I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. <laughs> right, right. That's great. Well, anyway, that 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 one's really cool. And then um, over on the West Coast, there's been a lot of construction going on over at Tarzan's Treehouse, and there's been some. There's been a lot of silence. Uh, yes. Basically, what happened was Tarzan Treehouse. Uh, I don't know if you remember seeing in the news, but someone jumped on that bridge and broke through one of the slats Whoa, which is no i didn't know that yeah which is super crazy and so they closed it down to fix that slat it opened the next day and then probably less than a month later it closed and it, it's down it's been down they removed the entrance that is in the middle of the adventureland walkway at disneyland mm-hmm. and uh we don't know they haven't announced anything so i would imagine that they're probably going to announce something at D23 in regards to Darzan's Treehouse. Um, there's been some rumors going around that it's going to be Encanto, um, which would be interesting to add to Adventureland. Yeah. Um, I hope that if they do change it, I hope it's not just a character meet and greet. I hope it's still kind of like a treehouse where you get to climb up and down stairs and, you know, play with all the stuff at the end. But Well, don't they have the scene in, I forget the character's name, but the... Um the bedroom that has the ginormous tree in it with all the sort of like, I think he's the one that is like can communicate with animals or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's it's got been a big minute tree. since I've seen this movie. Clearly. I know, <laughs> and, which is really a shame. We should probably watch it again, but cause it's such a great film. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of the rumor that's going on that it's going to be in Kanto themed. I hope it works. You know, Disney's very good. I wouldn't mind having a very, very colorful tree kind of like, yeah. You know, like the Tree of Life, where it has projections and lights and kind of livens up the backside entrance of Adventureland a little bit. I think that would be really cool. It would definitely give you something to sort of like peek around the corner when you're walking towards like the hub from New Orleans Square. Mm -hmm. Like it'll encourage you to walk that way versus like kind of around and skip towards Frontierland. It's true. Not that that walkway needs any more people in it, <laughs> but uh, that yeah, would be. Yeah, so maybe maybe really we uh, maybe we skip that. Maybe we put something boring in its place. <laughs> We're yeah. doing the plain tree of no interest. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So and then the last thing I have here for the west side of things is something that I'm actually kind of excited about, and I really do hope that they announce it at D23. Um, Magic bands, magic bands, magic bands coming to the West Coast. What do you think? You you obviously I'm sure you own like five magic bands by now. I do have a handful of magic bands. I will say the uh, what I've started using in lieu of a magic band is the NFC capability of an Apple Watch works just the same way. That's true. And I really like that. Yeah. But with the recent chain or, or I guess recent product improvement upgrade whatever you want to call it to magic band plus there are some new features of magic band that don't just come into an apple watch and don't really exist in the old uh, version of the wearable anymore right so I could definitely see like those things are activating the little statues that have been put up all over the the parks for the 50th um, all you do is you wave at the character and then the character interacts back. Uh, there's some interesting stuff with uh, Galaxy's Edge 
And I think that the same uh, like bounty hunter outposts exists in in both coasts. So I That's imagine right. that it's going to just be there and just they'll set it up and it'll you'll be off to the races. Um, so I could definitely see the magic band making its way over there. It would definitely change the turnstile situation at the front of the gates, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is also due. I really like the way that the uh, front entrances work um, in the East Coast parks, the the West Coast being a little bit more traditional style uh, <laughs> that could be def- definitely improved upon through the through Magic Band. It's true. And and uh, speaking of, you mentioned the Bounty Hunter game. Um, if you guys haven't seen that. It's an interactive game with the Magic Band Plus where you it's basically a game where it's hotter or colder. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it works and, with and your it gets cell you phone. to explore around the land. Right. And visit parts of the land that you may just walk by, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. But I'm really hoping. Do you think they'll skip Magic Band and go straight to Magic Band Plus? Yes, I do. I think so, too. Uh, for 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 one specific reason, the other fringe benefits of Magic Band in the Disney World context would be access to a hotel room, having all your payment uh, on your magic band. Yeah. So a lot of the the like multi-day stay, resort stay advantages uh, work in the magic band arena. And you just don't get that so much in Anaheim where it's so much more of a local presence and having like access to a hotel room key that you'll, you never pay for. You know, you're never right. going to stay at the... Or maybe you will once a year and it'll be a cool little special deal. But I don't think that's a reason to bring back uh, or to bring in Magic Band and certainly to change out all of the hotel doors to accommodate a Magic Band experience. So I don't know. Uh, I did stay. Let's see. I guess it was like two years ago now. No, last year. Um, stayed at a Disney hotel and was able to unlock the door using my phone. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just as slick and just as just as interesting it was a uh, part of the contemporary that was newly renovated so i do expect that any newly renovated hotels um on either coast will have that capability i think that's pretty nice yeah I, and i just ultimately you can tell that disney's kind of positioning themselves in a you know revenue first kind of mentality yes. right now um all the snacks have been increased in price and have reduced in size by 25 percent. it's been pretty obvious we call it shrinkflation right it's happening in mm-hmm. the parks right now um but the key benefit of having a magic band that i noticed in florida when i was visiting you is that you can use it to pay for things and it makes it really really easy <laughs> to pay for yes. things without realizing how much money you're spending like you don't pull out the that's credit true. card so it's almost yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if that's a huge announcement yeah it would be a big investment into the technology but uh man it would be really really neat and a nice way to kind of like harmonize between both both coasts and both resorts yeah definitely but um, yeah, so that's all I have as far as new announcements that I hope that they announce. Um, but speaking of announcements, there's been tons of announcements that they've made in the past where we haven't gotten yes. any updates at all. Aaron, did you want to kick that off? Yeah, so there have been a lot of things announced in the uh, in the past and sometimes the not so recent past. Um, 
and we just haven't gotten a lot of updates. And so we've been we've been sort of calling these the uh, the ghosted the silent treatment arena uh, for for announcements. Um, a couple of things that have kind of come and gone through the media, uh, through the updates, through whatever channel Disney announced them through. And the first one I want to start with is like a big elephant in the room. It's the Avengers Campus e-ticket attraction. Yeah. So obviously that's over here on on the West Coast with me. Um, I was at the park last week and I don't think it has anything to do with the re- recent heat wave that we've gotten. Um, but the mm-hmm. Web Slingers attraction had a wait of 20 minutes. It's a brand wow. new attraction. It just came out yeah. last year in the newest land in the park and it only has a 20 minute wait. I think that we are in a really, really tough situation where we need an e-ticket attraction. We kind of saw this play out too with Batu over on the West Coast because we got Smuggler's Run before we got Rise of the Resistance. And Smuggler's Run, the the hype kind of tapered off a little bit. The line went from, you know, 70 minutes to 40 minutes to 30 minutes. And now it's pretty common to have a 30 minute wait. Um, but at least you have another e-ticket attraction, right? Like you you can only right. go on Web Slingers so many times before um you know, before it gets a little old and you need something new. And I think that, you know, Quinjet Hangar Ride uh, really, really needs to be announced. And they've just been super silent on it. I think that the the analogy between the e-ticket need in Avengers Campus and how Rise of the Resistance really helped elevate uh, Galaxy's Edge really works here because both Smuggler's Run and Web Slingers are very digital, very interactive, yeah. points-based, sort of like a video gamified attraction, where Rise of the Resistance is kind of this multifaceted, uh, multi-level sort of means of entertainment. It's totally different than if you just said, you know, oh, we're we're going on Mr. Toad's. You know, like the expectation between those two could not be further, even though fundamentally it's like sit down in a ride vehicle, put on a a restraint and let a story unfold. But they are they could not be more different. I think that this this uh, e-ticket attraction is so desperately needed. And I think that Disney wants everyone to forget about it. I really don't expect to hear uh, anything about it. If there was a piece of concept art that someone uh you know, draws up and they just kind of like throw up to say, yeah, we're thinking about it still. That would, that even that much would kind of surprise me at this point. I agree. Yeah. We've only really gotten, and it's so long ago that you probably don't remember, but we did get one piece of, uh, well, this uh, is the concept art of like all the guests in the kind of like jetpack chairs, yes, right? Yes, I yep. was trying to think mm-hmm. of what it was. Yes, it was the jetpack one, and it was kind of like it was almost like we assumed that we got dropped out of a Quinjet and were strapped to jetpacks and riding around. So, I hope that we mm-hmm. get a little bit more information. But I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney kind of ghosts this one. Um, yeah. just because they're so far away, they haven't even broke ground. And actually, uh, now that we mention it, I totally forgot that there's an entire facade wall in Avengers campus behind their little Avengers Jeep that is specifically there to hide the fact that it's a fake wall because it's supposed right. to be temporary. Very interesting to see what I had heard 
like years ago, what what all the rumors were is that it would sort of, you know, you'd sit in your little ride vehicle chair and it would uh, it would be very call it like soaring over California, soaring over the world style where mm-hmm. you look at the big domed screen in front of you. Some event takes place and you're launched upward and then every ride goes into its own like sort of individual dome that you can look around and see different things and mm. that that executing that technology has uh not been successful up till now yeah so that's a lofty goal like that's definitely not an easy feat well i hope we hear something about it you know i but like i said that's why it's in our silent treatment <laughs> kind of yeah ghosted I'm, I'm guessing that's i am guessing that one's gonna coming that that's going to be a thing of the past um speaking of things of the past uh and speaking of earlier talking about some construction walls (laughs) we've got some uh bulldozers going around dino land usa and i have a feeling that um that is just gonna be something that disney accepts that there are bulldozers knocking down things in dino land and hopefully they have plans for it but I don't imagine that we're going to hear anything new. I want to know what their plans are, if they're going to keep tearing stuff down. If the dinosaur ride has a future, I would be really interested in that. I just don't imagine that they're going to make any kind of firm commitments. I don't think that that's going to get any big headlines or any big applause in the, in the theater. Yeah. That's really unfortunate too, because unlike people mover, uh, over here on the West Coast, Dino Land USA, Primeval World got bulldozed. Like it wasn't even yeah. like it sat vacant for that long. They just said, the heck with it. Let's tear it down. And then gave us absolutely no reason as to why, which is so strange. So I really do hope. I mean, what do you think it'll be? Do you, do you think like I'm, I, I would love an Indiana Jones overlay. I don't know how possible that is, but. I would too. I, I I can't remember if we talked off mic about it or if we ever actually pitched changing Dinoland into an indie land. I mean, I have a feeling that when when Disney gets out all their Lucasfilm announcements, that they will end everything with the Indiana Jones five. Yeah. Uh, like big old teaser promo trailer, whatever they're gonna do, they'll wheel out Harrison Ford. He'll say a couple <laughs> of lines, and and that'll be that. Uh, yeah, right, dude. He, he, you don't rem- need to wheel him. He's going to swing in on a vine, you know? <laughs> uh, hopefully he doesn't crash in on an airplane. That, oh, gosh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, but, yeah, I, I I could definitely see a world where they keep kind of the excavation area um, at the front end of Dinoland, and you mm-hmm. just kind of transition into more jungly things, and you can can find your way back to some type of different facade but a a essentially like a a temple that you get to explore you get in a jeep and then you get to run through the indie adventure that you get to experience in the west coast um just maybe a little bit different on the east coast yeah now that would be amazing that that would be amazing um i did want to mention the good news for you is that or bad news depending on how you look at it is d23 is happening on the west coast so I would imagine a lot of folks that are going to be attending are going to be mostly focused on what's happening over here on the West Coast, right? Yes. So yeah. I think I think you have more silent treatment stuff on the list than I do, um, including one big one. I, uh, I I wrote this one down. 
This came up when when they were talking about a lot of the revamp coming to Epcot, and it was the first ever attraction based on Mary Poppins. Yeah. And it was like a really big deal at the time. They brought Dick Van Dyke out on stage. They really did a whole song and dance about this amazing attraction. And I think that that has just been put away. Um, I think even uh, Bob Chapek has been interviewed recently as saying as much that uh, that the Mary Poppins attraction is is going on the shelf for a little while, maybe a long while. Um, I don't think that the UK pavilion in Epcot needs to be anything more than fish and chips and a pub and some nice scenery. Like, I don't think that it needs it's got a nice meet and greet area. It's 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 fine. It's it's what it needs to be. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that the Mary Poppins is particularly a make or break. I don't think anyone's losing sleep over it, but it will definitely get ghosted this year. Yeah, that's a bummer because I, you know, especially with the remake or the sec- I shouldn't say the remake, but the second film, which I never saw. Did you ever mm-hmm. see the second Mary Poppins film with Emily? Blunt? I listened to the music. I actually didn't watch the film itself properly, uh, which is definitely a disservice. The music is really good. It's really catchy. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. But I would love to see something that's based on Mary Poppins because it's such a lovely movie and she's such a great character. Um, you know, sometimes you watch some of these old Disney films and you're like, what the heck am I watching? These are hmm. this these are so crazy. And, you know, some of the, the themes are very old fashioned. But Mary Poppins is definitely not one of them. It's very cute. Uh, so I definitely right. think she deserves her her own attraction. But. Anyway, last one on the list, Aaron. The last silent treatment is uh, is not one specific attraction, but it's more conceptual. I think that an answer to what Universal is doing down the street in Orlando in the Epic Universe opening in 2025, I think Disney will not announce a single thing in terms of competition, in terms of meeting ex meeting or beating the uh, expected competition to come around the corner. Right. I think they are going to continue pretending as if um, all that's going to do is bring them more revenue. I think they are firmly in the camp that uh, rising tide lifts all ships and that anyone that's making a special trip to visit Epic Universe and go to Super Nintendo World and do all the other fun things that they can do there, the new Harry Potter stuff, um, yada, yada, yada. They're still going to make some time and spend some money at uh, at Walt's Magic Kingdom. Yeah, right? that's just that's just going to happen. So I think that is really their response is just let it let it happen. Now, when D when D23 2024 rolls around, hopefully there will be something different. But um, in the meantime, I'm expecting a big old goose egg from a response to the Epic Universe progress. I agree. Yeah, I, however, find myself saying more frequently how I'm pretty impressed with some of the things that Universal has been putting out lately. Islands of Adventure oh, man, is yeah. not new, but Velocicoaster, Hagrid's Motorbike Creature Adventure. I mean, all these rides are really showcasing what Universal can do with a pretty decent budget. And I think this third park is going to be, you know, pardon the pun, but it's going to be pretty epic. <laughs> it's they're Yeah, they're definitely not sparing any expense. Yes, another universal call out good job that's right uh, thank you no but i i completely agree i think that 
what Universal's done, even with some of their older attractions uh, in Island specifically, you look at the Hulk, the Hulk still has long lines and mm-hmm. that thing has a crazy throughput and there's a lot of, a lot of love for it. They replaced the track and filled all the struts with uh, tons of sand to like eliminate all the harsh vibrations. Right. That thing is lovely to ride. Super thrilling, super fun. Spider-Man is another one that comes to mind. Not a new ride. Not mm-hmm. at all. And yet they updated the visuals and all the screen based elements uh, p- to be like on par with a Transformers level uh, like visual standard. Yeah. As opposed to like the really old one. And that thing still gets a ton of uh, a ton of love. And it was like a top. Uh, it was like a number one dark ride for like a half a dozen years. And it's still like top three, I think, for dark rides uh, as rated by people that rate these things. Yeah, it's it's really great. People absolutely love it. I think more people need to go to Orlando and actually make some time for Universal Parks. I think they'll be pretty impressed with what Universal has to offer, especially if you're like, you know, a couple with no kids or something like that, where you you can kind of accept a little bit more thrill in your life. I would say the yes. most thrilling ride. Well, I actually, speaking of thrill, though, I haven't been on Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. I've heard that's pretty thrilling. Um, and hopefully Disney will kind of up their game a little bit with the thrill rides. I think the target audience difference between Universal and Disney makes it so that like if you're teenager to young adult, that Universal is really just has your number. Uh, if you are of a younger age or if you're a family and you're bringing your kid to a theme park to sort of watch them enjoy the theme park uh, as well as experience the theme park yourself, then definitely Disney still knows that they kind of have you under their thumb. It's true. (laughs) And and so in that way, like they're letting Epic Universe be epic and be great for teenagers and be great for the young adults and the the couples with no kids. Um, And and that's all right. And Disney's just going to be their magical, wondrous, fantastical selves. And they'll uh, they'll keep on raking in the dough and they'll keep on making snacks more expensive. (laughs) Now, I was going to transition over to uh, attractions that we're going to get some new additional details, some more light shed on them. And Mm -hmm. I was going to I was going to transition. We were talking about old Disney films that are just so charming and that have aged extremely well. And uh, so on that topic, (laughs) Splash Mountain. (laughs) Ooh, yes. Uh, Joking, of course. Joking, of course. Um, So Splash Mountain is getting a very, very much needed uh, retheme. It was announced a couple of years ago now. And uh, Tiana is getting her very own adventure and story in uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Yes. So I think this will be a really cool one. I think so too. And like, this is a great way to start our next segment with like what we'll get additional details for. Um, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, I foresee them basically coming out with the entire storyboard for the ride. I think that's what parks goers are looking for. I hope they announce it. I hope that we see some cool, really funky Dr. Facilier kind of renderings happening, especially for that lift hill. I think Dr. Facilier is going to be pretty big in that spot. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that whole thing is just like a trippy 
purple crazy demon sequence right i cannot wait for that right yeah it would be really nice because right now the the lift hill is it kind of makes people nervous right who are like scared of drops but i think it would Mm -hmm. be even cooler if it's such a distraction and it's so colorful and vibrant that you forget that you're in a lift hill i think that would be fantastic but yeah, the Bayou Adventure should be pretty epic. And I would imagine they're going to reuse a lot of the animatronics. And um, I mean, yeah, the, definitely. the scenes aren't totally different. And like, do you think if this succeeds, do you think they'll do the same exact thing in Florida? I don't know if they've made any like announcements. Uh, they plan to. They yes, do. They okay. plan to. I, I, yes. Uh, the theming, I think, is going to be a little bit more tricky because of where Splash Mountain exists. Um on either coast so you've got it right in 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 bear country next to new orleans it's gonna be easy to kind of like make that little dotted line kind of like oh now you're a part of new orleans square and yeah. just kind of like you know kind of like just uh soften up the harsh edges there make it nice nice fit um splash mountain in orlando is essentially next door neighbors to thunder mountain mm. and so that That's feels right. a little bit more out of place it might mean that they need to do like a little micro land that is its own deal um i don't know what they're exactly planning i think that it'll be a little bit more complicated but i think it's still going to be very welcome um i mean they could turn some of the more frontier frontiery aspects of uh parts of the land into more bayou more new orleans i think that could work yeah Uh, it's just going to take a lot more doing uh, in Orlando, as it turns out. Totally. Yeah. But either way, I think we're going to get more details on that. I'm, I'm very excited to see kind of the final renderings and, and see what it might look like, because in general, and we were talking about this before we started recording in general, Disney is pretty good at staying true to their renderings, right? Like when they, when they show a concept rendering, like the ride generally comes out the way that they drew it. I think they have, uh, released one, at least the last one that they released is of, uh, just on the other side of the splashdown moment, so like right kind of along where you would you'd be able to see the logs on that walk bridge, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's where you see uh, Tiana and you see the prince and he's like playing his ukulele. And you see a couple of the the little critters around, and yeah, I pretty much expect that to be pretty on point. And then seeing the big ship up at the top of the the crest of the mountain, I think that that's pretty much going to be. A, uh, verbatim. That's not the right use of the word, but that's going to be exactly like a literal <laughs> depiction of what we see. I think it would also be really cool if they did the Beauty and the Beast thing um, before Tokyo opened their Beauty and the Beast attraction and they show us some animatronics. That would be really neat. Yes. Animatronics testing is also, it's, it's always very exciting, right? But Yeah, that gets people really stoked. There's one other thing that I hope that they do. Uh, I think it'd be doing a huge disservice if they don't do They've got to open a Tiana's place. Yes. They've got to open a restaurant. And and this is where I'm really crossing my fingers for like some good development in the theming in Orlando. Because right now, the only place to get beignets is at the Port Orleans Resort Hotel. Mm. There's nowhere in parks to get them. So like you got to get the beignets going if you've got a Tiana attraction. Totally. I mean, we're so spoiled here when it comes to New Orleans Square. Like it's it's such an amazing land that kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. Like you forget it does. You forget that it's just it's a land based on a real place 
<laughs> in the U.S. It's mm-hmm. not it's not super imaginative. You know, it's it's not some crazy foreign land or, you know, Pandora. Right. It's it's nothing like that, but it's so charming and it's so nice. So I, I do hope that you get a little bit of that essence uh, when they end up redoing the Splash Mountain in Florida, too. But yeah, I hope so. Fingers crossed for that one. Yeah. And speaking of Florida, there's another one that we're hoping to get some more details on and i think you're going to get some pretty good details tron light cycle run tron yes i have a feeling uh and i think you share this sentiment that tron will be the first thing to open in a disney park post d23 yep it has been such a crazy construction production when it comes to tron this was an attraction that that was uh, announced at a 2017 2017 d23 event i cannot believe that that's so, long ago that like that's how long ago they announced it that's crazy yeah they uh they also announced guardians in 2017 but they waited a long uh, a longer time before starting to break ground and guardians opened earlier like they were they started and finished guardians in less time than it's taken just Tron to kind of like get up to almost ready. Yeah. Um, and Tron was one of the first things during the, uh, during the pandemic phase of construction where the parks weren't exactly open, but they were still trying to get some things done. Tron was one of the first things that anyone in the area was working on. That includes construction on Epic universe. That includes any of the other rides Disney was doing. Like they yeah. were out there trying to get that thing going. They really, really wanted it done for the 50th celebration. I think that they're just going to kind of transition all the marketing into the hundredth uh, year of the Disney company though. Yeah. And I think it'll work just fine. That's true. And like that kind of leads me into the thing that I think we'll get more additional details for here on the West coast. 100 years of Disney animation. I am really excited for the new version of Toontown here on the West Coast. Toontown's been closed for a while. I've seen a couple construction videos, and it is basically all dirt. Hmm. Uh, It'll be very interesting to see what they do. But, of course, we're getting Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which is very exciting. Obviously, you guys already have that. However, they have mentioned – well, they didn't mention, but it's been shown in a permit that they filed that they're actually going for 16 – show scenes versus the Florida version, which only has 13 show scenes. So I'm very excited to see. I mean, what are your thoughts? What do you think they're going to add? What I think would be really neat and man, I'd be super jealous of this is something where you get kind of like a roll of the dice. You get room A, B or C. Think like Indiana Jones, except it's not like a, a fake out. It's actually one of three different scenes that you could go and experience and it would be something slightly different. I don't know if they have the footprint for it, but that would really be outstanding. Make every ride possibly a little bit different. Yeah, it's kind of like a blend almost between Indiana Jones with the three different doors, but also Star Tours where you kind of don't know what planet exactly. you're going to be going to. Mm-hmm. And so you get all of these like, you know, what is it like 54 different ride variations that you could possibly yes. experience. That's a great idea. I also think that back to our, our a couple episodes ago, it's um, it's more physically possible to build rides when you build up in California rather than out. Oh yeah. And that building Mm -hmm. looks really big and I don't see any windows and it looks like a two story building. So I would love 
to see some sort of elevator system or some sort of lift that takes you to a second floor uh, to experience some show scenes on the second floor, uh, kind of like Rise of the Resistance. That would be super cool. Do you think that it would then have a drop? That's an interesting idea. I don't think it would have, if it did have a drop, it would be more of like an elevator drop, less of a thrill yeah. ride, Rise of the Resistance drop, especially because, you know, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that children that are shorter can ride on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, but they can't ride on Rise because of the drop. Correct. Okay, yeah. Correct. So I don't see a world where the drop's going to be that intense. I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, you're lifting or you're falling and you don't even notice. Because mm-hmm. there's a waterfall scene, right? Yes. That'd be a perfect place to put in a, uh, you know. That'd be perfect placement. I could even see, because the the ride vehicle system can just drop somebody off somewhere and then autonomously go somewhere else. Uh, if the drop sequence was uh, free of guests, if it just did it on its own. So if you mm. like boarded, um, boarded on the first floor, got lifted up to the second floor and then you exit from the second floor and go down a set of stairs. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's very possible. That'd be really cool. Well, I hope, I hope we get more details, you know, uh, on Mickey and Minnie's as well as Toontown because Toontown, the renderings look beautiful. I think Toontown, we've talked about it. It looks like it's been painted 42 times and it's got, yes. <laughs> you know, way too much shiny paint. Um, so I hope they do something really cool with it and I hope we get some uh, additional details. Yeah. But, when, when you said that it looks mostly like dirt now, that gave me actually a lot of hope that it isn't just kind of like yeah, slapping the 43rd coat of paint over it, but they're really going through and making making this a great project. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up looking kind of like the ending scene of Mickey and Minnie's Run, Runaway Railway with like Mickey yeah. and Minnie sitting in a park, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be really cool. That'd be super cool. I wonder if they sort of, I think they were touting it as two and a half D, I wonder if that art style was kind of like beta tested in Mickey and Minnie's. And then they're like, yeah, we can make a land like this. Yeah, we can make this happen. It's true. It's true. I, and I hope it does. Chip and Dale no longer have a tree, but that's OK. You know, hopefully they'll put something else in their place <laughs> <laughs> uh, and maybe block out some of the spires from Galaxy's Edge that you can see from Toontown. Yes. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it, it still weirds me out how close those two areas are. In spite of the fact that like you're walking in from Splash Mountain, essentially. Right. The geography of it always trips me out. Very funky over here on the West Coast. Well, so we've talked about our new announcements that we're expecting to hear from Disney. We talked about the ghosted silent treatment that we think Disney is just going to up and ignore. And we talked about the things that we feel pretty confident that we'll get some additional details. I mean, Drew, there's only one more place to go from this. And I'm more excited about this than I think the other three categories. This is our blue sky hopes and dreams. This is the stuff that like, there's probably next to no chance it'll happen, but we just want to talk about it. We just want to get it out there. (laughs) It's true. Did you want to start? I'll let you start. The one thing that I think would be just an excellent thing for ultra Disney fans. And honestly, like more realistic given the, JPEG goals of trying to extract every dollar from every person possible is something we we kind of coined as the Disney All in One. Yeah. A membership where you get DVC access 
to a, a timeshare. You get your Disney Pass for both coasts, and you get your Disney Plus membership in essentially perpetuity because it's as long as as long as you're a DVC and pass holder. Right. Um, DVC is like a ten year. Uh, a 10 year I think or perhaps longer uh, commitment as far as like the payments that you make and then you're just in until you give up that timeshare yeah we're we're just seeing so many new offerings that Disney's offered uh, that are super expensive and kind of are tailored to like the people who have a little bit more money to spend right like we saw mm-hmm. the soaring around the world trip on a private jet that was $105,000 per person. And that sold out almost immediately, which is like so bonkers to me. Um, We've seen the new announcement with the Innovation slash Star Wars Launch Bay building with the new DVC lounge. Um, I I definitely see a world where you can, (laughs) I I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to call it like Disney life, (laughs) which would be a hilarious name for it, but it's kind of like a Disney life magic keys that come with DVC memberships um, that obviously come with Disney plus and maybe even like entertainment offerings, like go see Broadway show, you know, it's included or maybe a night at club 33. Or you get a, a complimentary, a complimentary cruise vacation, right? You know, every year, you know, get something like that. The, we, we don't often talk about the cruise line business. We but, don't. Um, the the recent uh, the recent ship, um, the wish wish. There we go. Has like a five thousand dollar cocktail that uh, that you can get in the Star Wars bar. So these sorts of premium experiences that to like normal folks like you and me sound insane are being eaten up by folks left and right. These Disney fans that have the money to spend that are willing to get that exclusivity and, and feel the magic. Totally. You know, and why wouldn't Disney capitalize on that at every turn? Right. I think we'll, we'll probably end up seeing some sort of iteration of that. Like I'm sure Disney plus is going to be bundled up with your annual pass or your magic key. You know what I mean? But that would be really interesting to see. And that is definitely blue sky, but you never know. You never know. Well, my blue sky hope, or the one on my list for the West Coast, there's a theater that's been sitting vacant in the Hollywood backlot for a very long time. And that is the Hyperion Theater at the very, very end of the Hollywood backlot. I miss indoor shows. It was really hot this past week. I went last Tuesday. The parks were 102 degrees. And all I wanted was an indoor space where I can hang out for an hour and be entertained. And that just doesn't exist here on the West Coast. And I think it would be fantastic to bring back a Broadway production based on Encanto. I think all of us absolutely enjoyed the music from Lin-Manuel Miranda. He did a fantastic job. He's been doing a great job. He's kind of like their new golden child, (laughs) I think. Mm -hmm. And Aaron... Yeah, he's outstanding. Yeah, you and I are both musicians, so... When we watched that movie, I had pretty low expectations. I had some friends that said like, hey, you should you should really watch this movie. The music's fantastic. And I was like, OK, how good can it be? You know, the last the last movie mm-hmm. that we got that had like fantastic music was Moana. Um, but man, Encanto definitely stepped up the game yes. with music. And I would slam. love 100 percent. And I would love to see some really, really talented Broadway singers and actors play a couple scenes from Encanto and just 
like I mean, you can skip the stuff in between. Just give me the musical acts. <laughs> like that's that's just, all yeah, I want. Just, just the musical moments would be enough, right? Yeah, the the choreography that they created um, virtually, you know, because it's animated. Putting that into reality would be outstanding. Totally. And um, and should anyone forget, I just want to mention, we don't talk about Bruno was a number one Billboard hit, and it was the 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 song that surpassed let it go what yeah that was the thing that that like took disney back into that frozen level echelon of like media relevance and like belovedness from every every age i'm sure um and then fun fact it is the first disney song to be uh to top the charts to be actually number one in 29 years wow that's so that's a big deal that's a big deal. So if anything deserves a Broadway musical, I think it's Encanto. Um, you know, does it go with the theme of Hollywood? You know, maybe not, but neither did Aladdin. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and what better way to kind of follow up the Frozen Broadway show in Hyperion than something exactly. that beat it'd it? It'd be perfect. Totally. It'd be, it'd yeah. be absolutely perfect. Even though... I will say a lot of us want to see Rogers the musical. <laughs> it's right next to uh, yes. Avengers Campus, but yes. I just I just can't see a Rogers musical actually happening. And if, and if you don't know what Rogers is, it was something that was uh, I can't even remember what show it was featured on. It was in Hawkeye. That's right. Yeah, if you've seen Hawkeye on Disney yeah. Plus, you'll know what we're talking about. But yeah, the 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 Broadway show Rogers. I, I would at least like to see a billboard up somewhere. You know, that would be, you know, what I think that could really happen is if they had little show posters for Rogers, the musical kind of scattered around towards the theater. Right. I would love that. But the sort of like tongue in cheek, like self-referential, self-aware joke of an Avengers musical. I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know how I would feel about it either. Like it would be. Too silly, I think. Right. I think if anything, it would be really fantastic to see some sort of street, like rough street performance of Rogers the musical, like kind of iterate it in that way where it's like a bunch of people with paper masks and stuff singing really well, almost like a pop up show that you'd see somewhere. I mean, let them do it on the stunt building. Right. (laughs) That's true. That'd be great. Why not? That's true. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, yeah. So that was my... uh, that, that was my last Blue Sky Hope. Well, I love that. I love that idea. Encanto would be absolutely outstanding. And uh, yeah, let's get some Rogers representation. Totally. In the parks. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but with all that being said, we would like to hear from our audience in the comments. We gave our last minute predictions for D23. What are your last minute predictions for D23? What's going to get announced? What do you think is going to get snubbed? Uh, what attractions are going to get a little bit extra detail shown in the next uh, in the next few days? Come Sunday. Yeah, that's right. it's coming soon. And while you're down there in the comments, if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe for more of our conversations about all things theme parks, uh, real and imaginary. We'll be back with another episode later in the month after D23. So until then, we can't wait to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone. See you guys.